You have purpose. You've been called by God with a special and very important purpose. And tonight we really want to do in our, in our missions conference, our annual missions conference is, is focal, focus right here locally on, on our county, where we are right here in central Ohio and Licking County and ask the question, what's God calling us to? What's happening? What are we seeing? And how might we respond? Would all of you here in the house just give a little hand for our, our local ministry partners who've come out and they've got tables set up and, and they're all around. And I, I certainly want to invite you, if you would, as the service ends tonight, to, to take some time to look at those tables, go to a breakout session, learn more uh, in our, in our uh, missions conference booklet. You've got all, uh, all eight of those ministries that are right there and you can see where they're having their breakout sessions as well. But we're going to start with a scripture and this is really the, the theme scripture of our missions conference. It's seven verses. Let me just show it to you. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verses 14 through 21. And this is our, our focus scripture. And just hear it. Hear God's word tonight. This is what it says. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. We do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, by the way, any amening at any time is welcome, at any time. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And here's the gospel in one beautiful verse. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. So we're talking tonight in our missions conference about, about local missions. We're talking about what we're seeing and what's happening all around us. And, and the theme of our conference is beyond these walls. And I'm not gonna hide this from you. My goal, our goal is that you would consider going beyond these walls locally to see how God might use you in a significant way. And how, how would you do that? How would you take up the ability to, to go outside the walls? And it's right here in this very first verse, we see it. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all those in Christ have also died to themselves. Here's your first fill-in for tonight. All our efforts must be motivated by love. That's first and foremost. We are not motivated by fear. We're not motivated by anger. We're not motivated by, by routine, by, by boringness. Now I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a little something real fast. Saturday night service, love you guys very, very much. I do a little test for myself. I do a little test about my motivation. This is the test I do. On a beautiful 
Over here, yep. On a beautiful day like today, I, I walk outside, perhaps the Buckeyes are on TV, you know, whatever, and I ask myself a question. Is church the only place that I really wanna be? And again today, the answer was yes. That's the only place, motivated by love, not by routine or boredom or anger or fear, motivated by the love of Christ. And then, and then we saw it in this verse beautifully. I just want you to, I want you to own this tonight. If, you, if you're in Christ, I want you to own this and see your purpose in these two verses. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That word ministry is the Greek word diokonia, and it means service, job, work, or mission. He gave us the mission of going out and telling people they can be reconciled to God. They can come back into a relationship with God that is beautiful, that is intimate, where they can know the living God. But he didn't just give us that mission, that ministry of reconciliation. He also gave us this, the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he committed to us, here it is, the message. You've been given it. You've been given a message. A long time ago, I was working with high school students. You know, I had a senior boy Bible study that I was leading. This was in the 90s. It was so long ago that we actually met, and please chuckle at this, we actually met at Racks on 21st Street. There was once a Racks on 21st Street. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay too. And we set the table at the Racks and I asked them, I said, well, how would you approach life if we were the only Christians in Lincoln County, the five of us? four seniors and myself, how would you approach your life if we were the only Christians and the only way anyone in this county would ever know about Christ is because we would tell them. And they were like shocked by this question. And I remember one of them just said, I think I'd live my whole life differently. I think I'd rethink everything I did if I, if I was the only person that could possibly share Christ with someone in this county. Here's what's true about you and about me. It's filling number two. We have a mission and a message. We have a mission, a ministry of reconciliation, and we have a message. God loves you. God sent his son to die and rise again that you could know him and have eternal life. Come on, say amen, come on. Now this, this message, this, this, this mission is not simply local, local. It's, it's also global. We see it right here. Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. You just look up right now in the house, you'll see all these flags and all the places we've been. I, I said last week, I've, I've been on 30 trips outside the US to preach and plant churches and do, do things in the name of Jesus. But today we're focusing locally on the mission, mission and the message that we have. So let's just talk about Licking County, Ohio. Now, it's very possible the things I'm about to tell you are going to affect you deeply. And that's what I hope happens tonight, that you are affected with a love for our community right here. Licking County, Ohio, it's about 180,401 people. And that one is important. Every one of them matters to God. Say amen. Every one of them. Median age of our county, Licking County, Ohio is 39.7. Hey, we're not old. We're not young. 39.7 is the median age of Licking County. And I'll tell you this from my heart to, you, to yours. Licking County has two stories that are happening right now. It's a, a, tale of, a tale of two stories about this county. And story number one is about wealth and prosperity, about, about Intel is coming in and Google has bought 80 acres in Licking County and, and everyone's talking about roads are expanding and people are moving in and you probably know that story. 
We as a county are on the verge of people moving and and wealth coming. and, And it's this great story about our county, but there's another story as well. There's two stories. The story about wealth and prosperity is one side, but the other story is equally or more important to know. This is a headline from the Newark Advocate, middle of last year, and it simply said this, poverty, homelessness, and overdoses are on the rise in Licking County. Let's talk about those three things. Poverty, 10% of Licking County residents live in poverty, and approximately 27, understand, 27% of people in Licking County are, live one paycheck away from losing their homes. Poverty is felt like this. Poverty is felt like hunger and homelessness. Poverty, we had a, we had a young man uh, went to church here some years ago. And, and I remember having this conversation with him and he had a job, he had a car, he had an apartment. And one thing happened, his car broke down. He couldn't go to work. He lost everything. He lost his, couldn't fix his car, couldn't keep his apartment. He became homeless for, for one issue in his vehicle that caused him to have that trouble. Now we helped him out and got him back on his feet and, and God blessed him. But you know, he was that close to homelessness. Hunger, think about hunger just for a second. We've got a ministry here in our church, a, a food pantry. And I just want to thank you. We, we have on, on both walls in the back, we have these grocery bags and we always encourage you, take a grocery bag and people do it. You guys are great about taking a grocery bag and filling it up. And we're able to give hungry families food that can sustain them. It ha- happens all the time that we're giving away food to sustain families right here, right here in our church. But let's talk about homelessness, for example. I'm gonna give you an estimate. This is an estimate that I created with the help of local leaders in Licking County. And the estimate is that right now, at this moment, 429 people are experiencing homelessness in our county right now. 429 in shelters and on the street. It's a 21% increase since 2021. Homelessness is on the rise. 40% of the homeless people in Licking County are children. 171 children in cars, in shelters, and on the street. Now, our church has a long history of being involved in ministries that assist and help with the homeless, but I'm just making you aware of a problem right here in our community. Now, this is gonna get get a little dark for for a few moments as we look at the truth of our county. I wanna talk about something called deaths of despair. What what is that exactly? That's a term that came out in 2015, where where, uh, sociologists and experts were looking at a certain kind of death and they labeled it a death by despair. And this is the the definition of it. A drug overdose, a suicide or alcoholic liver disease. They said, these are deaths of despair. What's happening in our county with deaths of despair? And this is, as I mentioned, this is dark. Ohio University did a study and the Ohio University study said, Licking County has the highest annual suicide rate in central Ohio. 2022, there were 31 suicides in our county. And this year, year to date, 13. And this is a personal issue for all of us because many of us know someone, a family grieving at this very moment. How about overdoses? Addiction and overdose in our county. And this is stark, stark to understand. In Ohio, someone dies of an overdose every two hours and 52 minutes. That's nearly eight deaths each day. Ohio, our state of Ohio leads the nation. Ohio ranks number one, followed by California in overdose deaths per capita. Imagine that. That should take your breath away. And Licking County is the second highest county in our state per capita for overdose deaths. According to data from the Licking County coroner, 
256 people in the county died because of an overdose during the past six years. And in 2022, last year, 64 people, members of the Licking County community died of an overdose. There were 77 additional emergency room visits for overdoses. I'm gonna say this, I want you to say amen. Our world is broken and we have a mission and we have, we, we have a message and we have a mission to go into this world and to help. And, and these, in these two areas, mental health is a massive concern right now. Mental health and addiction right here in our county. And here's, here's where I'm gonna, I'm gonna call my friend Trey to come up and talk about a ministry right here in our church called Celebrate Recovery. And how CR is addressing these issues, but I know they're very personal to Trey. And um, how about a hand for Trey, if you don't mind, Pastor Trey Freeman right here leads our recovery ministries, and he's my, my co-preacher tonight. Um, kind of startling when you think about it, and I, I see it every day. Um, when I was trying to number the amount of people that I know who are currently struggling with drug addiction, it was in the hundreds, maybe even a thousand people. And I know at least, I estimate that I know 40 people who have overdosed and died because of drugs. People that I've spent time with, people that I knew, uh, whether it was in uh, while I was in active addiction um, or after the ministry, and one of them sticks out. Uh, so I was in I changed schools in first grade, and I began attending a school called North Elementary here in uh, in Newark. And uh, the first person that that I met there, the first relationship that I developed, uh, was a person who would become one of my best friends in life. His name was Mike Pettit. Uh, Mike was somebody who had all of the potential in the world, but that potential was never realized because Mike uh, died of a drug overdose. I received a phone conversation, a phone call on um, in early 2020 during the time of the, the COVID lockdowns, and they, they notified me that Mike, Mike had passed, and it was just such a difficult thing uh, to see and, and to know, kind of heartbreaking, right? And this, thing is ha this stuff is happening far too often. It's way too common. And now he has two sons who are left without a father. And I've experienced it myself. Drug addiction is powerful. For people who start using drugs, if they do not quit quickly, and a lot of them don't, eventually the drugs take over. The mind and the body crave them. And the drugs will shape and mold people into that identity. And I was one of those people. Um, from, for years, anytime anybody mentioned my name, the thing that the person who was hearing it thought about was drugs. Drugs defined me. That was my lifestyle. Um, everything about me was dictated by my drug addiction. I was in bad shape for a long period of time. I got so bad that at one point I spent four days in Genesis Hospital because I have an infection in my arm. And they told me that if the antibiotics that they were uh, pumping into me did not clear up the infection, that I would lose my left arm. You would think that that would be enough to prevent me from using anymore, but it, but it didn't. Actually, I had more drugs lined up when I left the hospital and when I went home, and I ended up homeless. I spent you know, about a year and a half of my life without a residency, and I just bounced around. I slept outside. I dealt with you know despair, struggle, and then something happened to me. Uh, Christ came into my life and changed everything. He began working in me, and then he sent people who would help me, people who genuinely cared. 
And that is what we were doing with Celebrate Recovery. We are operating under the leadership of Jesus Christ, and we are a group of people who have a passion to help people who are hurting, people who need help. And because of awesome partners in the community, we are able to take Christian ministry into some places that a Christian ministry has never been in. We do a group once a week at day reporting, which is a part of probation, uh, a partnership with the Licking County Jail Ministry. We get to do a group uh, inside, a women's Celebrate Recovery inside the Licking County Jail every week and a men's Celebrate Recovery inside of the Licking County Jail every week. We get to do a group at the men's shelter in Newark every week. And we are having an impact in these areas. And these areas are people who are primarily struggling with mental health and drug addiction. And it is amazing to be a part of it. You know, we, our Celebrate Recovery has quite the buzz in the community. It's really, really cool and special. But I have to mention, I have to mention um, that our Celebrate Recovery is doing more than just meeting the needs of people who struggle with drugs and or alcohol, right? It may be safe to say that our Celebrate Recovery is doing more to help people who struggle with other issues other than drugs or alcohol, issues like depression, anxiety, overeating, pornography, gambling, codependency. You know, one of the things that stick out to me since I've been in ministry and have experienced people um, who are struggling and hurt is one thing that, I, that is really a problem inside of people, right? It's this idea of codependency. People are really caught up with what other people think of them. It is astounding to me the amount of people who struggle with social anxiety and just that, the fear of what other people think. You know, people who really need the approval of other people, people to think well of them, to feel content about themselves. You know, that's not the way God wants us to operate. You know, our contentment needs to be found in Christ. And that is what CR is all about. We go from people who struggle. And then if we come through the program, whether we're already a believer or not a believer, and we do the program correctly, work all the way through and allow God to go to work, we come in as the individual who struggled with something, and then by the time we're done, we're a believer. We're a child of God who has found victory in Christ. So you see this, um, this slide up here. Because of the generosity of our church, a uh, few of our leadership team were able to go to the Celebrate Recovery Summit in California. And we, go out, we went out there and we were able to really see a whole group of people with a passion and a fire for Christ. And we were able to be equipped to be able to, to minister in this community more effectively. But there's a sign out there that I don't think a lot of people know about. Well, if you haven't been there, how would you know about it? But you see it, and there's information on the sign that's, uh, that's, that might blow your mind. This is the church where Celebrate Recovery started, and it's the church that has the largest Celebrate Recovery in the world. And the sign says, only one in three people at Celebrate Recovery are there for drugs or alcohol, right? Only one in three. That means two out of every three people who attend a Celebrate Recovery meeting are there for other issues. That's I bet a lot of you didn't know that. So I'm glad that we're able to share that information. God is using our Celebrate Recovery to help so many people with such a variety of issues that we had 100 people attend our meeting last week. And that is really, really wild to me. But, you know, when God moves, God moves. And so many of you, I'm sure, heard that we moved the Celebrate Recovery that met here in this church for 18 plus years to the east end of Newark, to Newark, Faith Church of three weeks ago, and our three largest regular meeting nights have been the last three weeks. It's pretty, pretty neat. 
you know, kind of one of the, one of the uh, we always look to Scripture for how we're going to operate. And one of the places in the Bible we look to to try to figure out how we're going to work as a ministry team is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. And it says, All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. God comforts us, and God comforts us in specific areas so that we can in turn go and comfort other people by his leadership and his power to meet them in the same areas where they're struggling. So question, do you need comfort? You know, I don't want to miss the opportunity to invite you to maybe think about, pray about attending Celebrate Recovery. Are you struggling? The answer is no. What about helping us? One of the, the struggles that people in ministry have is we do not want to inflate numbers, right? What God is doing, how many people are coming. But at the same time, we don't, we don't want to shorthand ourselves. We don't want to like sell ourselves short when we're, when, we're being, when we're sharing what God is doing. So as I sat down, I looked at what God has done since the beginning of 2022, which is really when the ministry and the trajectory of the ministry started to spike. I estimate that we've had at least 500 people attend one Celebrate Recovery Tuesday night meeting who were non-believers, people who did not know Christ. And if, you look at, and if you look at what we're doing in the community, that number goes up. It's really amazing. And you know, what's kind of scary is that we seem to be in the middle of another growth spurt. So all of that being said, we need help. We desperately need help to be able to sustain the momentum of this ministry. We need help in the area of childcare, uh, meal preparation, transportation, security, and we need help with uh, music. We need people who are gifted and, and passionate about um, worshiping God through music uh, to come alongside of us and help. And one thing to think about, I really want to, it's kind of sad, but we've offered childcare for almost two years now. And if we don't get volunteers to help with that ministry, by the end of this weekend, uh, we're going to have to discontinue it at the end of the month, which means that single mothers and single fathers and, and uh, couples who come and bring their children will no longer have the opportunity to attend or at least not attend as consistently uh, as they were. And so if you have questions about Celebrate Recovery, we've got Miss Dana and, and Mike, Michael in the back there, and they'll be leading a breakout session in one of the rooms after we're done. So, so it turns out this uh, message is me giving bad news, Trey giving good news. I think it's kind of how it's going to go. But well, let's focus on a, a new issue. We talked about Licking County. We talked about Ohio. We talked about uh, some, some things happening locally. Let's talk about the issue of faith. What's happening with people with faith and especially with faith in Christ? And here's, here's some numbers. I want you to understand what's happening nationally and locally when it comes to faith and comes to church attendance. So, so here's a, a startling number. This may or may not surprise you. In 1990, by the way, I'm a 91 high school graduate. So I was a junior in high school when this stat happened. In 1990, there's a Pew Research poll, happens every single year, happened this year already. In 1990, 92% of Americans said they were Christians. They, they, they checked the box, I'm a Christian, that's part of my life. Now that, that number of 92% of Americans has shrunk significantly. And so we hit uh, 2019, sorry, 2020, that number shrank all the way down to 64% of Americans said, yeah, I, I'm a Christian, I know Jesus Christ. Now, the number, again, has shrunk dramatically by 2023 down to 61%. And, and they, are, they are forecasting 
that the number of Americans who say they are Christians by the year 2070 will be 35%. Now understand though, that if, if you're thinking, hey, 61%, Pastor Tom, that's more than, you know, more than the majority. Those 61% that said, yes, I'm a Christian, they also said this. In 2023, this year, only 46% of them said, my faith is important to me. That means 64% of them said, yeah, I'm a Christian, but my faith really isn't very important to me. This is the reality of the situation that we are in right now. I, I uh, saw an article on this book and I ordered the book. It was published in August of this year, 2023. The book is simply called uh, The Great Dechurching. And in the book, it talks about America and church attendance and what's happening with faith. And there's two stats, a stat and a quote from this book. Uh, number one, in the last decade, 10 years, 40 million people have left churches. Not left a church and found a new church. They just stopped going to church. 40 million Americans. And that number is greatly intensified by the COVID pandemic, by, by churches going on, specifically online, exclusively online, and people not coming back to church after that event. Here's a quote from this book. We are currently in the midst of the largest and fastest religious shift in the history of our country. Now, when it comes to, to the, that many people, another thing happening beyond people leaving churches, and this is a very sad thing happening nationally in Ohio and in our county, what's happening is churches are closing. This has been happening for a long time, but, but at a certain point, there's a LifeWay study, 2014, there were 3,700 churches closed, but 4,000 churches opened. Okay, that's not so bad, but, but just literally in 2021, 4,500 churches in America closed their doors and only 2,700 churches opened. My dad, after he retired from this church, he preached at a church in Zanesville and they didn't have a pastor and they invited him to eventually become their pastor. And, and my dad told me a story. He was, he was preaching on a Sunday morning and a, a man came in and the man said to him, he, he said, uh, would you mind if I, if I attended your church? I don't wanna be a burden. Could I just come attend your church? My dad said, of course, you would attend church. Why, why would I say no? He said, well, maybe you don't know me, but I'm a pastor of another church across town and no one is coming to my church. I've been four weeks in a row, the only person who showed up to church. Churches close. There are about 300 churches in Licking County. That's an estimate. About 300 or so churches. Churches in our county have closed. And here's something significant. This is a, an estimate on my part from talking to community leaders this week. There are, there are about 300 churches in Licking County. And the estimate is that one third of them are what are called single generation churches. That's a hundred churches in our county that only have one generation like this church has four generations worshiping together, great-grandparents, grandparents, parents, and children. But a hundred churches in our county only have people 60 years old and above attending those churches. The nurseries are empty. There's no youth group. There is no next generation coming up and those churches are gonna begin closing in our county. How about people that attend church regularly in America and then in Ohio? This is uh, regularly, by the way, means once a month. If you attend church once a month, you're in the category of attends church regularly. And the numbers are, look like this. 2019, about 44% of Americans attended church once a month. Th then the numbers go significantly down. Look at that. 2023 in America, 31% of people attend church once a month. Now, Ohio is a little higher. And I say Ohio church attendance is about 38%. But I want you to see this. If we take that Ohio number of 38% and apply it to our county, it means something really significant. Our county has 180,401 souls alive right now. 
That means that 68,000 of them attend church once a month. And it means this, 111,849 people in this county do not have a church. They don't have anyone reminding them of, of, of what God says. They have no one helping them. They have, they, have no, they have no shepherd to guide them and no people to support them. You know, when, you, when you're actively involved in a church, you have all these health benefits. They go off the, off, the, off the charts, the health benefits. You have social support. By the way, Monday night, we've got an event called Community Group Basics. And if you're not in a community group, go. Go to Basics and, and get that support of people around you to help you. Look at this number again. How many people in our county don't, don't, don't have a church, aren't seeking God? 111,849. Does that blow you away? We were on a leadership retreat. We looked at these numbers uh, a few months ago and we, we were sitting there in the room and all of us were just stunned into silence at this number. Now, now I think this number, 111,849, breaks into two groups. This is my opinion. It breaks into two groups, and you'll, you'll agree when you see what I'm saying. In group number one, it breaks to is people who've never been to church and do not intend to go to church. They just never have. And the other group is people who used to go to church, but they don't go to church anymore. The first group, I think, is probably 60% of these, and it's simply like this. Have never attended and don't plan to attend a church. In our county, that'd be 67,109 people. But the second category, used to attend, grew up in church, know things about churches, maybe are at at times even drawn to church. That number in our county is 44,739 people. Now, just get this and be blown away by this number. 82% of people who used to go to church would come to church if they were invited. 82% would come to church if they were invited. Some of them need eight invitations to finally come to church, but some of them need only four invitations. Some need one invitation. You actually, if you invite someone who doesn't go to church to come to church and you say, I'll meet you at the front door and sit with you, the chance of them coming goes up dramatically. Now here's the thing. I want you to see this. 82% would come, but only 2% of current church attenders invite unchurched people to church. Why am I saying this to you? Because there's 44,739 people that live around us, that live around you, your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, and they could be one or two invitations away of just saying, hey, come to church. So what, what do I want you to do? What do I want you to do with these, with these horrific numbers that we're looking at right now? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab on to this scripture. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Can you agree with this? If you're in Christ, can you fill in, fill in number three? Can you say this about yourself? All those in Christ represent him. God makes his appeal through our words and our example. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to do three things. Number one, I want you, I want you to, I'll leave it up for a second. I want you to pray. I want you to pray like you have not prayed perhaps in a very long time for what's happening in our nation, our state, and our county when it comes to people and their faith and where they are. We need your prayers, number one. Number two, maybe you don't wanna hear this, but I'm gonna say it. Hey, we need you to continue financially supporting our church. We need it. We we cannot take on the mission that God's given us without that financial support that God has already called you in his word to give. We just, we need it. It's good for you. It's good for us. And then last of all, number three, ask yourself this, where can I get involved? 
we're going to get involved locally, right here. Now, there are around this room tables of ministries in this county that are doing great work. Heartbeats, the Lookup Center, Kingdom Pillars. So, so, so all of them that are there in the back, go look at the tables, go to a breakout session, ask God. But we want to tell you one more thing, Trey and I, a place you could possibly get involved and make a massive difference in our county. Now, I said, I said unchurched people break into two categories. Category one, people that have been to church and would probably come back if they were invited. And category two, people who are just not intending to go to church. We need a specific intentional strategy for those people. And you know what? We have one. We have a strategy to reach those people. And Pastor Trey is going to come talk about that right now. Hey, give him another hand. Give him another hand. One more hand. Hmm. You know, I spent, I spent years in drug addiction, as I already mentioned, but I had so many other things working against me. It wasn't just the meth and it wasn't just the heroin. I was also consumed by lust, greed, and selfishness. You know, the things that I have done, I've done some pretty terrible things and I've had some pretty terrible things done to me. And that is what life is like outside of Christ and his protection. I was on a highway to hell and I was going nowhere fast. But all of a sudden, in the spring of 2014, God revealed himself to me. He opened up my, my mind as possibilities that I didn't even know existed. And on March 23rd of 2014, I had the turning point in my life. <clears throat> and I want, I want you to hear this. I had absolutely nothing when God called me. Nothing. So it made it very easy for me to submit to his plan and allow him to go to work in my life. And he used this idea of a purpose a purpose that my life was going to mean something and it was going to impact people. And it, man, it, it, it's driven me to this day. So I've got a question. Do you serve? Where do you serve? Are you a part of leading lost souls to Christ? The one who has the power to not just give us eternal life, but to heal people on this earth and to really impact the community and help in many of the ways that we're, that we're sharing here today. Or maybe you don't care. Or maybe you do, but just not enough to take action. Right? As Pastor Tom mentioned, we need you. We need the financial support. We need your time. We need your energy. We need your prayer. We need all of these things. I've had an insatiable fire inside of me since the moment I was saved. And the past 10 years of my life have been amazing. This ministry of reconciliation is the best thing in the world. If you have a family member or a friend who is lost, they need Jesus. If you have a loved one who is hurting, they need Jesus. If you are lost and hurting, you need Jesus. You know, a scripture that I really, really love is found in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Jesus says, I came to seek and save the lost. This world is lost and it is hurting and it is broken. You know, I was, um, as I was preparing for this, I got kind of emotional thinking about the goodness of God. See, in uh, 2019, I was at another church, and I felt like God gave me a vision uh, for a ministry that, that was to be created and, and, and to uh, usher in an environment where people who usually didn't attend church, people who didn't know Jesus, would go to. And I did. I, uh, I started this ministry I was given permission to start. I started this ministry and I launched it on a small scale. Uh, because of my limited resources and capacity at the time, we only held one service 
a month, but it was successful. It reached what we were trying to do. So we had one service a month for seven months. And, we, and uh, you know, as I did the best I could to calculate these numbers, 45, about 45% of the people who attended the ministry were people who were non-believers with no church affiliation. So the number was 130 people who did not know Christ, different people, attended this ministry. And out of those 130, 15 of them uh, came to Christ and were baptized. And then all of a sudden, COVID came and put a pause on everything. And then there was a change in church leadership and some changes in my life, and it just all came to an end. And I was sick about it. I really, really struggled with it for, for a little bit of time. But God did something amazing for me. When one door closed, another opened. And all of a sudden, I got a phone call from a person that I had never met before. It was a man, and his name was Tom Pound. And he reached out to me and asked if I'd be willing to have lunch with him. I said, yes. We met. He shared with me that there were some changes happening in Spring Hills with the Celebrate Recovery. He wanted to know if I would give some feedback and some advice, and I did. But then I quickly transitioned to where I was at in my life and my ministry. I shared my experiences, my heart, and my vision with him. I shared much more than he probably expected me to share, and much more than I would share with somebody that I just met. But I did it for a reason. Because during the few days in anticipation for this meeting with him, God showed me, I was firmly convinced uh, that this vision that he gave me was going to be carried out through this church. And it excited me. And, you know, there was some uncertainty. But when, when I talked with Tom and he shared that um, he, the church would put me on staff here, it was such an affirming experience for me. And so I'm very happy, excited, all of the good things to announce that in January of 2024, next year, uh, we're going to be launching a ministry called Turning Point. Um, Turning Point is going to be a congregation, a new congregation. We will be holding worship services uh, every Sunday night. And our mission statement for Turning Point is, Turning Point is a mission for the lost and hurting that that provides an encounter with the living Christ. See, we are in a season right now where God has given us amazing outreach and opportunity into the community. We're going to do everything that we can to capture it. Under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, we're going to be able to uh, mobilize and, and, and reach people with the gospel of Christ that changes lives. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> so never put a cap. This is kind of never put a cap on what is possible with God, right? If God can take me, somebody who was a crystal meth and a heroin addict, right? And change my life to the point where I'm completely different. Nobody, nobody, when they think of me this day, puts me with drug addiction. It's now Christ. And that's exactly how I want it. I'm so thankful for that. Um, If a turning point can happen for me, it can happen for anybody. And never put a cap on what God can do. Why can't God use us right now to impact all of the things that we've been talking about? So, um, we need help again, right? We need, we need help. We need security, AV support, all the things that I mentioned with Celebrate Recovery too. We really need musicians. You know, uh, if I were to get up and sing, I don't think anybody would, would come back. And what we're trying to accomplish is to get people to come back. And that is uh, the mission. And one of the things, and hear this, so I don't forget this, but we're hoping to get people to commit to a six-month attendance a commitment. And if you do that, you will get a free Turning Point shirt. And if you have any questions or you want to hear more about it, please attend the Turning Point breakout session when we're done. Thanks.
So my job is to close it up tonight, and I'm going to do that in two ways. First, first I'm going to give you uh, what we call at Spring Hills our, our very quick wrap-up, three slides, and then I'm going to end the sermon with some scripture. So don't leave like you normally do during the wrap-up. Uh, so by the way, if you're first time here, you can go to the website for next steps or go back to our next step area. Second of all, uh, you're new here, yeah, on the website right there. Uh, also, I mentioned already community group basics. If you want a community group, you need you need to be in a group, come uh, Monday night, uh, 6.30 to 7.45. Tevis will be there, Pastor Tevis and myself. Come join us. And then also, uh, we have baptism weekend coming up next weekend. We have potentially 16 baptisms, but you also may want to be baptized next weekend. So we'd love to have you be a part of that and you can check out what's happening. So, so let, me, let me go ahead and just say a couple more things. I don't know how you're feeling about tonight. I'd like to get feedback from you on how you're feeling about tonight, how you're feeling about death by despair and how you're feeling about the things you heard about faith in America and all the things that are going on. Love to get your feedback, but I, I want to see more than your feedback. I want to see what you're, what you're going to do. You know, Jesus, we, we see so clearly in John 13, Jesus, just before the Passover festival, before he died on the cross, he knew his hour had come to leave the world and go back to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. After that, he poured water in a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And I'm wondering if you'd be willing to wash the feet of people in our community. We no longer regard anyone from a worldly point of view, people that may not look like you, that you might serve them and help them come to Christ. Would you be willing to wash the feet of the people in our community by loving them and by serving in one of the ministries around this room or possibly with Turning Point, as Trey just talked about? You know, in that same story, Jesus washes feet, but Pilate, when Pilate saw he was getting nowhere, but then instead an uproar was starting, he took water and he washed his hands in front of the crowd. So the way I see it tonight, you've kind of got two options. You can agree to wash the feet of people in our community, or you can just wash your hands and say, no, it's not for me. It's not for me. I'm washing my hands of this whole thing, and maybe you said some things I should have paid attention to, but you know, I just really am washing my hands instead of washing the feet of people in our community. Would you bow your heads? This is what we want you to do. Just bow your heads. We're going to pray. We don't want you to leave the building. We want you to go to a breakout session, learn more about, about Turning Point specifically, as, as Pastor Trey mentioned, or one of the other breakout sessions that are happening here from all the ministries. Go and learn. Where might God use you? I know he's calling you with a mission and a message to change lives right here. Maybe, maybe you're already involved. Maybe you've already got a ministry and maybe you've already had a place you're serving and, and all you're gonna do is lend your prayers. But why not go to a breakout session to know how to pray for one of these local ministries or for Turning Point that we're beginning in January? Father God, we need your guidance. I know people in this room, that they, they'd like to leave. God, they're wondering about football scores and they're thinking about dinner. But God, I pray you would call them to stay to learn something about these amazing ministries all around this room. Go to a breakout session, learn. And God, especially pray that you put on their heart those things we talked about tonight. How our community in one story is prospering, but another story, our community is hurting and full of hurting people that need those in Christ to love them, to be motivated by love for them. Use us. In your name we pray, Jesus.